Yesterday evening I talked about suffering and um, given that it's Valentine's Day it feels very appropriate because it's Valentine's Day and um, it's um, the invitation for us to fall in love with ourselves. Really, that's what Valentine's Day is about, and through that, uh, we find an open heart to fall in love with everyone else. Uh, those who we find are in our lives in more intimate relationships, and those that we don't know. Uh, the invitation uh, from our hearts is that it's possible to be in an unconditionally friendly relationship with all of life. That's the invitation that we and those who have opened to that place extend to us. And that's our special invitation today because it's Valentine's Day. <coughs> so when we accept that invitation, we understand then why the Buddha said suffering was the central issue of all humanity and why he named that as the first noble truth. Because it is our suffering and that expression and dynamic which is the main obstacle to that kind of unconditional love. And so I kind of circled around that last night and acknowledged that there is a lot of um, there is a lot of pain. There is a lot of harming, but that we do in relationship to ourselves and to others, and that others do to themselves and to us. That there is a tremendous amount of harming there and and pain that comes from that. And the Buddha said that this is the central issue, this is the first truth or the need to understand deeply that this is part of reality. And then he said, and it's just so brilliant, he said the issue actually is not the pain. The issue is the experience of pleasant or unpleasant and our wanting or not wanting that to be different. That that is the cause of suffering. Not the cause of the pain, but the cause of the suffering. And he makes a distinction between the two. And those of us who are practitioners of many years, and those of us who knew, forget that over and over again. That then the central issue around suffering is actually not the pain that we've experienced. And that pain I do not want to disregard. I, it has been a central invitation of my own life to open to. And as I do, I see what the Buddha says is true, that actually the issue isn't the pain but my not wanting it, and our not wanting it.
This is what the Buddha said in the Middle Length Discourses. That one shall here and now make an end to suffering without abandoning the underlying tendency to lust for pleasure, without abolishing the underlying tendency to aversion, to painful feelings, without rooting out the tendency to ignorance in regard to neutral feelings. This is impossible. Mm. Let me read that again. That one shall, here and now, make an end to suffering without abandoning the underlying tendency to wish for, desire, crave, or lust for pleasure, without abolishing the underlying tendency to aversion, not wanting, fear, irritation, ill will, to painful feelings, without rooting out the tendency to ignorance with regard to neutral feelings, this is impossible. There's much more to say about this. Simply, we are constituted neurologically to experience pain and pleasure, or neither. It is part of the expression of being a human being. With that, when there is a habitual response to that, just automatically, and I know you know this, I'm speaking for all of us, for all of us, there is a wanting and not wanting. We automatically don't want pain or unpleasant sensations. We automatically want pleasure. From the grossest level to the most subtle. So even if we think, oh, you know, I'm meditating and I think I'll, I don't think I'll just open up. I think I'll, I'll just stay with my breath and that beautiful peace and calm. Oh, I'm such a good practitioner. But really, when we bring inquiry to that, we know that's seeking pleasure. And the reality is, because of the way the body is constituted and life is constituted, we have no control over creating ongoing, unchanging, pleasurable experiences. If we did, we wouldn't need these teachings. We would just go for pleasure and that would be it. But the reality is that we have no control. The good news about having no control is that it forces us to look at this dynamic because we want to be happy. We want to be free of, of the, that, that contraction that is part of that dynamic. And so we're forced then, really against our will, truth be told, we're forced to look at that dynamic over and over again, to both notice pleasant, unpleasant, and neutral, and our relationship to it. And to see over and over again the suffering that it brings. 
the Buddha said our suffering is brought into being through believing and identifying with wanting, not wanting, or confusion. <coughs> that extends to every single experience. To every single experience. He said that is the root of our suffering. As we open to that, then there's the invitation, and this is what he says. that we're given in the Four Foundations of Mindfulness, which is the central, one of the central practices for liberating our heart of suffering. He invites us to look particularly over and over again at this dynamic, just to take what's pleasant right now, what's unpleasant, or what's neither, and notice what's happening. Just, if you don't agree with it, it's no problem. But just take it as an inquiry. Because he says, you don't have to believe me, just check it out for yourself. What's actually going on that becomes the obstacle for this unconditional loving? Here's what I wanted to read that says the same thing from a, a different perspective. It's from... Um, Paul Grunshaw, a Minnesota essayist. So it, the, its phrasing are, is around the Lord, so translate. Forgive me, Lord, I thought you owed me a lifetime of laughter. I thought you owed me protection from pain. Instead, you gave me the sea and stars, the cleansing rain of tears. You gave me sleep, imperfection, and absolved me from it. You gave me life. Forgive me for receiving your gifts with closed eyes and a hard heart. Open my eyes, soften my heart. Grant me the vulnerability of grace. So that's another way of saying just coming in at it from a different angle, that each of us, in a way, comes into life with the entitlement of, my life should be just full of laughter. I, I should be having a good time. There's something wrong if I'm not, right? And from that, <coughs> that um, we could say, uh, a sort of the entitlement of an ignorant mind. And then it gets expressed particularly in our locations as whites, as middle class for those of us who are there, as able-bodied, that entitlement, that natural entitlement of I expect life to be good, full of laughter, easy, without any pain that then gets expressed 
particularly according to our society in our different locations. But it has a core in this habitual assumption that we are owed pleasure and that all pain is problematic and shouldn't be there. That somehow the habitual mind divorces itself from the actual natural expression of life, which is that there is pain among all species, actually also plants. If you ever read the, that book, The Life of Plants, or the something, Secret. Secret Life of Plants, it's constituted in life. And so that beautiful calling, which is more poetic than the Buddha, that's my own feeling. I'm sure other people find the Buddha very poetic. <laughs> it's like, grant me that grace. Let me challenge that assumption, that ignorant, entitled assumption that my life should be free of pain. That it should just be full of pleasure. And as we open to that, as we really open to that, as we surrender to that, grace comes, the capacity to hold pain without moving into suffering. That is the definition of grace and the joy that comes from it. And that's when there's unconditional love. And it takes a lot of courage to see the dynamic over and over again. So in the invitation today, we will, whenever you feel you can, turn towards that dynamic. And when it feels too much, then go back to the body and the breath or sounds or matter, depending on what your anchor is. And we'll go back and forth and back and forth. And then we can talk, we can talk a little more about it in, um, we can talk a little more about it in, uh, in our question and inquiry community. Um, Linda, before we go into the guided meditation, you had a few announcements. Okay. Um, here, let me give this to you. Oh, sorry. sorry. <laughs> showers before the uh, wake-up bell um, just because some people are still sleeping and it wakes them up sooner than they want to be waked up, woken up. Um, the other thing is, uh, I don't know if you know that um, our sister Golda here has been very conscientiously setting up our snack table in the main house 
with all kinds of goodies. So please feel free to go. Some people may not know to go over there, but it's it's open all the time for you to go in and have a have a snack. So they're really great. She's got um, fruit, bread, and nut butter. And then one other thing was. Um, uh, well, I don't know if you hey, wanted to... No, no, yes. Should... Yes, let me. Okay. I'd like to. It's just those I'd two like there. to. Yes. Oh. So, um, we have uh, opportunity for generosity for Tuesday and Wednesday to... Um, have someone wake us up with your beautiful bell ringing. We have two open slots, and so um, uh, who would like to send us meta to wake us up as you ring the bell early in the morning? Oh, Tuesday and Wednesday. Thank you, Barbara. Thank you, thank you. Okay. Okay, so... Well, there's two times. There's yeah. Oh, 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 oh. 6.30 Sorry. and then 6.30. you might be doing it again at 10 of 7, too. No, let's ask someone else to do oh. that. Oh, Catherine is. Catherine? Yeah. Okay, great. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks, Catherine. That's perfect. It's 6.50? Yeah. What? I had signed up for 7.05 on Wednesday. Oh, yeah, because... Did that, did that change? I have no idea. <laughs> noticed that I did the schedule and what was in my mind when I changed the time for Wednesday. Um, we could change it back or we could leave it as it is. We could just leave it as it is. That's anyway, I, I was planning to ring the second bell whenever that is great. on Wednesday. So. Oh, great. Okay, so... Okay, so that... On Wednesday. On Wednesday. Wednesday. So, Catherine, that means you're doing it Tuesday, Barbara's doing it Wednesday, and Barbara Wilt is doing the wake-up bell with Meta. Thank you, Barbara. <laughs> At 6.30. So, we'll just stay with the schedule. I don't know what was in my mind, but whatever it was, we'll honor it. <laughs> So see for yourself then uh, how you would like to frame <clears throat> your intention around this dynamic. Just in your own words, what your intention is. <coughs> then appreciating that intention. Appreciate that you want to find your truth directly through your direct experience. begin together acknowledging the body sitting. <coughs> 
Immediately, for some of us, there might be painful sensations. Notice, if that's true, how the mind is relating to that. No right or wrong if there's a contraction or subtle resistance. might be that it's immediately pleasant and there's a subtle movement towards the pleasant, a wanting to sustain it. See if that's true. See if you can stay with the sensation that's most predominant for you, whether it's in the buttocks or some other place. What happens when you stay with it? And open to the details of the experience. Mindfulness sometimes drops below pleasant and unpleasant and connects directly with the experience as it is, sharp, shooting, vibration. See now if you can open up to the body, the whole body and mind and the atmosphere that's present in your mind. Just noticing what's present. No reaction, just, ah, this is how it is. Notice if it's pleasant or unpleasant. And notice if there's a wanting for it to be different, or a wanting for it to be sustained. Or it might be there's some confusion. I don't quite know what's going on and I don't know what I want. That's also there some of the time. Can you explore wanting, not wanting, or confusion, whatever's predominant? Or if it isn't present, acknowledging what qualities are present. explore together. Pleasant or unpleasant?
Take a moment to connect with your anchor. resisting my guidance. Oh, shut up, Irene. I want to stay with my anchor. Notice that, if that's true. Not wanting. See if you're open to letting go, not holding on to anything. Again, opening up to wanting, not wanting, or feeling confused. Are there storylines? Do you believe them? If we drop the storyline, we can become mindful and come into a direct relationship with the feeling of wanting and not wanting. Coming back to your anchor. Through the day, see if you would like to go back and forth between your anchor and exploring pleasant, unpleasant and neutral, wanting, not wanting and confusion.
allowing the experience as it is. Seeing your relationship to it. Wherever there's discomfort or contraction or stress, there's wanting, not wanting and confusion. If we can allow that without believing those energies and those (coughs) stories, we are free. 